Hi, welcome to Vatic Mental Health Media. This is Sedona. I'm Rachel. This is Vaughn. Okay, so I guess we are talking about Eminem, a.k.a. Slim Shady, a.k.a. Marshall Mathers. What I think is really interesting about him is that he's one of the few people where, when you look at his discography, he speaks about his life more in his music than in his interviews. There's almost this duality between him in and out of the booth. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is that effect of overcoming social economic struggles in chaotic family life. Almost that cause and effect between nature and nurture and just that if there wasn't trauma, either with Eminem or so many individuals like him, would they have risen to greatness? Mm. That's a good point. I think about that in my own life. Not that I have risen to greatness in any way, but a lot of who I am, in my opinion, comes from trauma I've experienced and how I've chosen to deal with it and move through it. And I think with artists in particular, um, some of the best art in the world, I think, is made as an expression of pain or hurt. So with Eminem, I think that's interesting. Like, would he have even had the drive to become one of the greatest rappers of all time if he didn't have the past that he had? I think that's an interesting thought. I don't have an answer, though. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I think it's very interesting to think about. And like the one thing that amazes me about Eminem and any rapper basically is that they they sing so many more lyrics. They like say so much more in all of their songs because of how fast they're talking. Like you pull up the lyrics to a Beyonce song versus an Eminem song. The Eminem song is going to have so many more words. And so he has so much to say and would he have that much to like sing or rap or talk about if he hadn't experienced traumatic things in his life? Yeah, and would people people relate to it in the same way? Yeah, I was just going to say like when you think of like when I think of my favorite band or who I listen to or who I look up to, it's because I relate to what they're saying, like the message they're portraying. And so people must be, people are connecting to what Eminem is saying because he's no, that was famous. Good. So that sounded really lame. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like, I don't know, that reminded me of um, if both pre and post rehab, both him literally going to rehab and getting sober in the album that marked a musical shift where we see him starting to get more serious material and walking us through his life and childhood stories like him getting beat up as a little kid by bullies and often just because he was trying to read or further his education and stuff like that and then you see and then you have this persecution where he starts putting his feelings into poetry and then that poetry to music which then opens up that sticky truth that Black people aren't the only ones who can experience racism. Or we have Marshall growing up in urban Detroit where he's a racial minority within the area he's living in the trailer park. 
and he's trying to step into a hip-hop culture which is under a black monopoly which was created to solidify the black community against white racial oppression and that throws poor marshall in the middle because he's not one of the oppressors he just happens to be white so now you have the racial and financial and cultural barriers that are both pushing him onto this crossroads that people wind up at where it's either screw it i'll stay where i am i give up or bet i'll channel this hatred and surpass you i like how you touched on some of the different hardships that he's faced and i think it's an important i think that might be a, a reason why so many people do relate to him because his voice and his unique situation isn't the story that you usually hear in hip-hop music and the hip-hop scene. Um, he has kind of a completely different route and different hardships, and he experienced different things kind of in the same realm as other people. And so he can touch on others that experience those same things, and they have someone to relate to. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. It's like, I think he said it himself years ago that he sold more copies because he was white. And we still have the stats that lighter skin rappers sell more because they're quote unquote more marketable. But I'm curious how much of that breaks down to lyrical content and accessibility and culture versus just skin color. I mean, yes, labels manipulate artists and encourage more black rappers to go the gangster route. But even panning out to like the underground scene where Eminem started, there's still personal choice in what they write. I think Sedona, you were talking a little bit ago, either earlier or before we had record about just how funny he was and stylistically bringing comedy and faster stuff. Um, which I think we see a little bit from Tech Nine and a couple other artists, but at that time, and for the most part, both the style and content yeah. is stuff that I really don't see a lot of black artists doing and even today there still is almost that kind of divide between um a lot of right rappers who kind of go that more either heavy emotional speed route kind of in this path of eminem or kind of a lot of the mumble uh mumble rapper route kind of in the legacy of wayne um yeah yeah it's, i'd say he's very unique in that respect um and I wouldn't necessarily, for me personally, say like, oh, he's a white rapper, so I'm only going to listen to his rap versus other people. So it would be interesting to see how much like the skin color versus like the experience and the lyrics play into it. I have said this before, I'm not well versed in the rap scene makes me sound so lame i don't listen to a lot of rap music um <laughs> but the stuff that i do listen to is like a sprinkle of a bunch of different things and it's more so like the lyrical content and the different messages being portrayed as opposed to the person if that makes sense or skin color yeah um i do listen to a lot of rap and i really enjoy it um and I I listen to some songs for the lyrical content, but with rap, it's usually the beat and um, how the instruments make me feel, I guess. So for that reason, Eminem is not my favorite. And it might be because a lot of his most popular stuff is from the early 2000s and it's just not how rap sounds anymore. But 
I agree that he is very unique and sometimes I am just in the mood to pop on an Eminem song and it's really not like anything else I've heard. And I think his lyrics are brilliant and I, it's um, like Sedona was saying earlier about how in a rap song you can fit in so many more lyrics than in a more traditional song and that's one of my favorite things about the genre. And with Eminem, I can listen to a song like The Real Slim Shady um, you know, on my 50th time listening to it, I'll notice something new or like hear a new rhyme or a new motif or something. And I think it's just brilliant. And it upsets me when I understand that not everyone enjoys how it sounds and that's totally fine. But it upsets me when people like, you know, older relatives of mine write off the whole genre because they swear or because they can say offensive things or it's unfamiliar to them or whatever because I think there's so much genius behind it and I think Eminem is a very good example of how much genius there is in the in the genre. I think I was like the opposite where in junior high and high school I yeah I don't think I really even start listening and diving into rap until late high school or college um, cause I know in high school, I just really didn't like a lot of it because at the time all that's really presented to me were individuals talking about their hardships and growing up in environments filled with violence and drugs and that kind of thing. Or you have people kind of promoting the gang life or the American dream of starting from the bottom and rising up to the top. Um, now I'm here with all my mo- money and drugs and alcohol and women who I kind of treat more like objects and people. And I guess... Me at the time, and even guess me now in the mental health world, it's hard to make that differentiation between listening to somebody say, like, hey, I ran a train on all these hoes, and then turn around and work with somebody who's traumatized by all these creepy sexist men, or maybe have been manipulated into things that they're not okay with. Um, so that's why I guess Eminem in general post rehab was like a nice shift was where you had the speed, you had the beat, you had the bars, but a lot of his stuff is pretty much just him flexing on how he's the best at his skill um, or his little things about his personal life. And I think maybe, because I'm starting in that Marshall LP2, or maybe even before that, when you kind of get into recovery and some stuff before that, um where he'll say outlandish things and he'll say sexist things and he'll say violent things, but especially more more recently, it's not like every other song and it's not the bulk of what he's talking about. And a lot of times if he does say something, it's usually kind of like you can see the metaphor of, oh, he's using this imagery to describe X or he's talking about this person in particular because they did Y. Um, so yeah, I think especially just in the mental health scenes, the pros of the speed and the style and the hating on my haters and I'm so cool um, helps me a lot more than a lot of the baggage that other artists come with where you're required to kind of know the social and political and racial environments and backgrounds to listen to them without it just being like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think there's something almost like enlightened about Eminem's newer stuff and like post rehab stuff. And yeah, that's all I have to say. But I, I agree with your point that it's from someone who 
cares about mental health and wellness. Uh, lyrically, it is easier to listen to someone who also cares about that. And I'm thinking that's probably along the lines of why when I listen to rap, I would lean more towards like Eminem versus other people that are singing about all the hoes and all the drugs um, because that's just not the lifestyle or the type of things that I want to be listening to, you know? I also think that that opens up that door of separating an artist from the art. Because like I was watching an interview a few months ago about his new project, Music to be Murdered by, and while I've seen bits and pieces and clips of interviews before, this is the first time I really sat down and listened to a whole long thing. What really caught me off guard was he was just the nicest, most humble man I've seen in an interview before. And the entire time he didn't say a single word about himself or promoting himself. Um, the person who was interviewing him was a featured artist on the album. And he was like, Marshall, that was so crazy when you did this. And Eminem cut him off. And he was like, no, dog, you were incredible on your verse. And I didn't even realize you said this until it was already past the release. He kind of just kept spending almost a time. The two of them were almost like arguing, trying to compliment each other. Um, and then later in the interview, the interviewer asked him, like, hey, people say that you're a guest in the house of hip hop because of your skin color. And other people get mad because you say you're the king of rap. How do you respond? And Eminem's response was like, I never said I was a king. I fully acknowledge that I'm a guest. And every day I try to honor the greats that come before me. And then he starts walking through his writing process. And it felt like I was just like thrown to a math class. And he starts saying there's a difference between someone's favorite rappers and the greatest rappers. He didn't mention himself, but he referred to people, I guess, in his generation. He was kind of coming up into fame. He's talking about how they spend hours and hours arranging lines and lengths of lines and counting syllables and matching syllables and all the things that go into this patchwork, clockwork of mechanics that plays into every single song um, and every single track. And even the kind of backtracking research to make sure that he's not repeating lines or styles or flows from past projects um and then he kind of concluded all this by saying like hey you can say oh i really love this newer artist who might do trap or pop or something like that i really like them they're my favorite but that doesn't mean that they're the greatest because the greatest put in blood sweat and tears and there's a lot more work and mental effort that goes into it beyond just drug use and free association um so i guess with all of that being said it kind of just hit me Seeing how his mind worked in this process, it just made it very clear the stark difference between this humble man and the rap god. Um, and just that kind of persona and shadow slipping into young Ian's stomping grounds. Very interesting. Just listening to the stuff I have from him, you wouldn't necessarily get that picture of who he is as a person. And so kind of hearing how he breaks down his work and also how much time he puts into his work, it does differentiate him versus other rappers that might not do the same. I think you can tell too, and maybe that's why his voice and his music is so unique compared to a lot of other mainstream people. You can, on an unconscious level, sense that almost mathematical equation of how he put together everything. Very interesting. What's your thoughts, Miss O'Connor, on the shadow and persona, both than Eminem and then people in general? Because I can see gears turning. Um, 
Like the shadow self versus the real self, that thing? <laughs> well, I think that's very... I think that's an interesting concept in the field of psychology and I think it's very useful like in the future when I'm a therapist I think I'll probably use that concept because um, I think I think a lot of people including myself have a tendency to see things as good or bad and we've I think we've touched on this in other episodes but that's just not how the world works most people are good and bad and some could be more good than bad some could be more bad than good but ultimately um, everyone is both in some way and I think something I appreciate about Eminem and other artists who are as vulnerable and honest as he is in their music is that they show you their shadow self and the shadow side and they are honest about some of the darker parts of them and I think that is really powerful I think that's how you can learn to live out of the good sides of you more is by acknowledging the bad and giving proper attention to those parts of you because I think if you ignore it or push it down or act like you don't have a shadow self um you'll end up hurting yourself and other people like unintentionally yeah those are my thoughts just thinking about the shadow self being is the parts you don't want people to see or the parts that are dangerous or undesirable. Um, flashing back to his history and starting with him starting with poetry to kind of just vent out his frustrations and hurt from when he was a kid and then shifting to music. Even if it wasn't a I'm so depressed about X, Y, and Z, there's still this cloud. I almost see it like a train and someone's throwing coals into the engine um, and that hurt and pain is still powering the train. So you have this shadow side, a.k.a. alter ego of Eminem, and then Eminem's alter ego, a.k.a. Slim Shady, is kind of um, did for Marshall what Marshall couldn't do for himself. So then we fast forward again to where Shady's kind of retired, really comes out on certain occasions, but you still see that split between Eminem and Marshall. And not to the point of split personality, but almost kind of like, I don't know, um, like a lawyer and you have everything, you give up everything to get through law school and you're exhausted and you had to do things, you had to cut corners, whatever it takes. And then you're fighting in the courtroom, fighting to the death over defending or prosecuting your client. And that person in the courtroom is almost inhuman in comparison to the person who comes home from court and is just casually watching Netflix and eating chips. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think true authenticity requires knowledge of and some level of acceptance of your shadow self, whether you do that to the whole world in a rap song or just like to yourself in your journal. I think it's important to see yourself for who you really are as best as you can. None of us are able to fully see ourselves, in my opinion. But I think it's very powerful for someone like Eminem to show the world that it's okay to kind of own the the less desirable parts of you while working on living from the more desirable part and that the existence of the less desirable parts doesn't mean you're not desirable as a person to be a friend or a lover or whatever it's really interesting to think about it in that way and you can almost draw the comparison to maybe that might be the reason why his sound sounds so different than others is he writes from such a vulnerable place and kind of lets that shadow side like flow through with his work 
versus other artists, maybe they're not writing from that specific standpoint. They're not being as authentic in their work or someone else is writing their music for them and they're kind of just speaking and singing whatever it is their label or producers or manager wants them to. Because I think any form of artwork, whether that's journaling, poetry, lyrics, drawing, painting, is kind of that very unconscious process to get kind of some of those things that you're feeling out into the world. Some of those things that you may be pushing down that shadow self and getting it out in some way, shape or form. I guess like one of the huge controversies with him, especially when he was younger, I guess, while rap is inherently known for its feminist ideals, a lot of the stuff took things further without like violence towards women in his lyrics, whether that be his mother, his ex-wife, random groupies. And even now, I guess he'll still say stuff, but especially red button things. I think on his last album, on the first song on Accommodating, he had a line. But I'm contemplating yelling bombs away on the game like I'm outside of an Ariana Grande concert waiting. And then following references to Saddam Hussein, how he balances, especially his old stuff with more explicit material, I don't know. How you think this falls into the controversy of the real Slim Shady? I think I can really respect how far he's come seemingly in his personal life and also in his discography but that line like the one about bombing an ariana grande concert like you just read i don't like that and there's no part of me that's ever gonna like a line like that so while i can see the lyrical um i guess like kind of intelligence that goes into writing a line like that where we all know what he's meaning and what he's talking about I can acknowledge that, but at the same time, I don't like that particular line, and I'm I'm confident there are more that I don't like. So I think it I think it just touches on the point of like sometimes you just don't agree with someone, or you just don't really get along with their personality, and I think it kind of speaks to the point of like where's the line of just like this is kind of who this person is versus they need some education or a different understanding about something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily agree with adding stuff like that. Um, But I think that just kind of ties into like the whole conversation of like everybody, no matter how much work they put into themselves, still can say or do or have problematic thoughts or behaviors at times. And I don't know how to like what I'm trying to say exactly but it just kind of shows like even though he's grown from his past that doesn't mean that he's a completely different person and maybe some of those more negative things are still there I guess yeah I also think this relates to our episode on cancel culture uh when we were talking about how you don't really know where the line is and Vaughn made the point in that episode that a fake president on a tv show got his career taken away, rightfully so, in my opinion, for sexually harassing and assaulting people. But the actual president of our country has done the same thing and is president. Um, 
And I think everyone kind of has a different bar that they're held to. And I think with Eminem, he used to be a lot more offensive and a lot more angry. So I think now it's easier to to hear kind of those one-off lines, like you were saying, Vaughn, and being like, oh, well, most of the song is fine, or he does good things too now, or it's, you know, better than it used to be. And I think it's, I'm not saying it's wrong to treat Eminem like that. I just think it is hard to know as a listener uh, kind of what's acceptable and what's not. And like Sedona was saying, she wouldn't want to listen to that song about bombing an Ariana Grande concert. And I agree, but neither of us are huge Eminem fans. So like, what would I do if one of my favorite artists had a line like that? Would I just be like, okay, it's fine. Or would I like react as strongly, you know? Yeah. So I guess that was kind of how I was, what I was trying to say. And also with that respect, I think that for me, I probably wouldn't listen to or download or want to surround myself with that particular song or any type of Eminem song that has something that I find problematic or that I don't agree with and how that doesn't necessarily detract from who he is and how far he's come. But it's just kind of like a agree to disagree on that. What I always find interesting is when Music to Murder Music to be murdered by came out, or even his last album, Revival, which musically wasn't his best work, but um, he definitely took a more nuanced approach to calling out gun violence, racial inequality, the current presidency, and other things. Um, it was interesting to see how much hate he got in the reviews, not just musically, but people would criticize material like that line about the Ariana Grande concert. And for me, it was just really weird because... In a lot of ways, he's been doing this since the 90s. Why are people acting so surprised and getting bent out of shape when they kind of should be able to expect this from him? Um, in contrast to there's not as many as those kind of things now and there's not every other line versus, I don't know, he had an older song called Superman where almost the whole song can be kind of uh, versus his newer stuff, which is far more, I think, listenable to people who really don't want to dive into the psyche of a recently divorced superstar. Um, and that kind of gets into the concept of cancel culture, where now he's big enough not to get canceled, but there's still that debate of what can you say, what can't you say? And like nowadays, most of his throwaway lines are kind of just scattered throughout where there's 5,000 words in a song, he'll say one thing, you might be like, hey, that wasn't cool. But then it comes and goes so fast with their overall theme of the particular song. It's almost more forgivable than, say, a whole song just dedicated to sadism and misogyny. I think you're making sense. You're, I think you're talking about can you separate the person from the art or from the product or from whatever they're doing to the point where you can enjoy what they're producing even if you don't condone every part of them. I think that's really complicated. And I think we all do it to some extent. Like I, I think every person has probably ignored something in one of their favorite artists that they would not ignore in an artist they maybe already don't like that much. I think it's a complicated subject, but I also think human beings are fickle and I don't think we're able to be perfectly consistent in things. And, and also anyone could maybe be seen as problematic depending on your value system and your viewpoint and what bothers you and what affects you and i i don't think we can just you know cancel every single person either so it's it's very 
I feel like it's very individual what people think about someone. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it's a difficult topic. I think it's kind of in that line of a person versus their content. It's almost the issue of when the name of someone becomes synonymous with what they have to say. I think Pablo Picasso was probably more misogynistic than 90s Eminem to the extreme, but everyone still worships him because of that issue of um, person versus the content. Um, And let's separate the man from the art because if we did that, then we'd have to wipe his name from every one of his paintings and people would lose a lot of money and it would kind of completely topple the world of IS paint in exquisite art because so much of his name is wrapped up in it more than his actual work. So I mean, I guess at some level you can split the person from their art, but I always look at it in reverse, where it's who is someone as a human being and then reflecting that onto their art. I think I'm making sense. Maybe I'm just spiraling. Well, yeah, I agree. And and then there's the layer of if you are listening to something someone wrote or watching something they made, you're supporting them financially. So I think there are those lines like you're talking about, Vaughn, where it's like, okay, I don't want to support this person. I don't want to put my money toward this person. But then there's, you know, something on a different scale, like a a small line in an Eminem song where maybe you're just not going to listen to that song, but you don't necessarily feel the need to totally distance yourself from that person. It's super abstract, but I've always asked myself the question, if let's say you bought a house and you're living in the house and you're loving it, then you find out that the big shot architect who designed it ran some type of huge underground sex trafficking ring at another, at another location. Um, would you move? Um, or with so much of this stuff made in China, you have to think, was this made in like a, yeah, like a sweatshop or a real factory or even kind of getting to the meat situation, unless you're buying Hava, Hala, Hala, the ethically killed animal meat products that usually a lot of is required in a lot of Muslim tradition, unless you're going that route is kind of just this open ended. uh... Yeah. And I think it's really, I think it's a personal like choice and a personal line, like where you draw it. Because if everyone cared about every single person that did like the same thing or may have said the same type of comment or may have done something the same that was problematic, how much mainstream any sort of art, whether that be movie, music, paintings, poetry, authors, how much could we even really consume if we were going to say like, oh, because of this, I'm not going to do that anymore. And so I think it comes down to where it's easier, A, if you have kind of like that set line, like you were saying, Vaughn, which I very much agree, like sexual assault, molestation, all those things are very hard lines. But then on things that may not be as hard of a line, it kind of comes down to, well, I don't really listen to Eminem anyway, so I'll just not listen to that song. Or I don't really care about what they said, even though everyone else is up in arms about it. So I'll continue to consume that product. Thinking back to the origin of things, the source of childhood experiences and hardships that forges someone into the present, 
I think is especially in our field, that sense of one works on what the client wants to work on. I guess like the baseline of mental illness is, is this negatively impacting your life and are you being detrimental to those around you? Um, what I'm thinking of is whether it be obsessive care, whether it be the excessive characteristics of working on a song for hours or even, I don't want to say I'm justifying this, we acknowledging we only hear one side of the story, but it's a lot of the negative and harmful experiences that I've had with his mother and perhaps his ex-wife. We don't really know what happened behind the scenes there. It's almost kind of like he's saying all these things about women which aren't good, but then when you kind of see this has been your experience with women thus far, um, kind of just by the nature of conditioning, it makes sense. Which then goes into, is this person using their quote-unquote First Amendment rights? Whether it be just to write down bitterness, um, you see that shadow side in their public figure because that's what they have used to survive. And that shadow side is what brought them up to publicity. Is trying to change that or take away their defense mechanism necessarily a good thing or are we just trying to guess, make them fall in line with what we think society should be um what immediately comes to mind is a case study i worked on where there was a kid um who kind of checked off all the warning signs of his sociopath tendencies but he had experienced a lot of crap growing up and where you have one hand it'd be nice if you had empathy and cared for those around you and be better for us but if he did then he'd be, would he be able to live with himself with just how much horrible things have happened to him in the past? Um, and it's kind of just that balance between someone hardened with a suit of armor versus socially acceptable, but more depressed. Yeah, I think it's about accepting the fullness of someone's humanity. Like if someone's an abuser, it is never going to be okay that they abuse people. But if they were abused themselves, you can see why that way of living makes sense to them and it it's not about forgiving it necessarily or allowing it in any way but i think it's important to see the the duality in things and the origin of things yeah i was gonna say as well that the context is a huge piece and that's also another thing that is touched on quite a lot in our program is just figure out their context, like what's going on, what plays into it, environment, history, all of those things play into how that person is acting. And just because your immediate reaction is, I don't like that, like get away from me, there might be a perfectly justifiable reason why they may feel those ways. And that doesn't condone any sort of negative behavior, but it helps you kind of understand how they got there and if their behaviors are hurting themselves or others and are problematic, which in that case it would be, then you can kind of figure out what steps to take to help lead them away from that. Mm -hmm. I think that ties into something one of our professors says about trying to see the person's pain that was said in the context of counseling because each of us will have clients sitting across from us who we really don't connect with and we struggle to empathize with but if we look for the pain that they have in their life the idea is we'll be able to relate to them on that human level and and treat them with kindness and grace and i think that is a good way to look at life too you need to be 
on a personal level, you need to be careful about who you trust and who you let get close to you. And you need to make sure that you are safe. But I think maybe more with like artists, it's important to have some grace and to uh, try to see where they're coming from. And it doesn't mean you have to agree with their actions or behavior or like what they say or do. But I think you're doing them an injustice if you don't consider the context of their life and why they may be the way they are. Yeah. Um, especially with that humanity that everyone is coping with life as best they can. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of recently um, has been conflicted with and bringing it back to Eminem. It's just that sense of like, wow, I can't believe you said that. And then stopping and realizing, wait, you didn't actually do that. I think it was after he did a freestyle um, kind of dissing the president. He mentioned that the Secret Service showed up at his place and were asking him like, hey, do you have any intentions of hurting the president? And his response was somewhere on the lines of only on pen and paper. <laughs> and just that sense of, as where my gut reaction is, wow, he said those words about hurting this person versus this is a person without power in this area um, that's been hurting him. And they, this person has a self-control not to actually go out and hurt his ex-wife or the president of the United States or some person or rapper who disrespected him. Oh. I mean, of course, you could always have that argument of kind of a ruminating about an action, writing it down a hundred times could possibly lead to you actually doing it. Um, but it's kind of looking at it on the other end where we're just seeing somebody's private coping mechanism on a very public outlet. Kind of just like what you said, Rachel, about both holding people to standards and also having grace. Mm -hmm. Just kind of looking to see, are you a danger to yourself or someone else? Or are you just like venting on your notepad that we just happen to be looking at too? Yeah. Good place to end it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs>